0: SECTION 49 OF A MINOR WAR HISTORY This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon A Minor War History by Martin Alonzo Haynes Letter 133 Point Lookout, Maryland, February 20, 1864 Zero weather is pretty strenuous for this latitude, but that is what we have been getting. The frigid wave has struck us good and hard, and the river is again frozen up so that we have no mail from Washington for five days. Last Wednesday, the thermometer stood at 17 degrees below zero, which would do credit even to New England. It was so cold Wednesday night that about midnight I had to turn out and build a fire. I filled my little stove with fine wood and soon had a roaring fire going, over which I sat and dozed until nearly morning. There certainly is a prospect that a portion of the old men who have not re-enlisted will be given a chance to go home to vote at the coming election. day before yesterday a list was made of the Republican members of the regiment and it was my understanding that they were to be furloughed and sent home at the same time as the re enlisted men. A boat came in yesterday morning to take the re enlisted men, but went away without them. And it is not improbable that when she comes again, it will be found that she is to take away a hundred or two staunch Republicans, among whom I will be glad to be numbered. Again, there are apprehensions of a rebel attempt on this post. A picket boat brought information that there is quite a force of rebels at a point on the other side, with many small boats. Our little fleet is all ready for anything they may try on. An armed schooner lies right off our camp, with boarding nets up. A detachment of men from the second has been sent on board to serve as marines. And if Johnny Rebb strikes that boat, he will have all the fun he wants. Sunday, February 21st Hen Everett has a letter from his brother Willie, and they are expecting him home before election. They have what they consider absolutely reliable information that the Republican members of the regiment, if not others, are coming home. They will be disappointed, however. He cannot get away, as there is no one in the regiment who understands his duties well enough to undertake them. End of Letter 133 LETTER 134 POINT LOOKOUT, MARYLAND, FEBRUARY 29, 1864 EVENING Just received a letter from you and answer it at once with the announcement that within one week I will be with you. Furloughs are being made out with all haste, and we will probably be off before tomorrow night, possibly tonight. We are going all the way to Boston by boat, so this letter will reach you before we get to Boston. We will go first to Concord and will be furloughed for some stated time from there. I shall, of course, make no delay in getting down to Manchester. I am writing identical letters both to Manchester and New London, so as to be sure of reaching you, wherever you may be. Goodbye for a week. End of Letter 134 Note On February 24th, 450 men from the three regiments started for New Hampshire on the steamer, Admiral DuPont, on furloughs of 20 days. Returning, they left Boston on March 18th, as narrated in the following letter. End of note Letter 135 Point Lookout, Maryland, March 10th, 1864 Got back to Point Lookout last night, at about one o'clock, safe and sound. The first thing, of course, I struck for my tent, with keen anticipation of the comfort ahead. As it came into view it struck me that Pendleton, who had been left in charge as acting postmaster, kept rather open house. The door was wide open, and when I got inside and felt around I found nothing but an empty shell. Not a solitary piece of furniture met my inquiring touch. The stove was gone, the desk, distributing boxes, in fact the entire outfit. The establishment was entirely dismantled. For the first time in my whole army experience, I was homesick. I felt like one who treads alone, some banquet hall deserted, whose guests were fled It's Garland's dead, and all but me departed. Well, I went down to the company and turned into George Lawrence's bunk, and today I got the whole story. Pendleton carried things with a high hand, did not attend to his duties in any kind of manner, and his conduct became so outrageous that he was sent back to the company and the business turned over to the chaplain. So now Othello's occupation's gone. Old Mr. Bailey told me he heard them planning to get rid of Pendleton, and the colonel said very emphatically that he wanted me to have the place when I came back. But they decided it would make little difference to me what was done, as I would probably receive a commission within a few weeks. My choice seems to lie between taking a commission in a Negro regiment or going back to company duty under Gordon and his precious gang of non-coms and I think my preference will be for the Negroes. I will have my furlough made out today and will probably go to Washington for examination within a few days. Now I must tell you about our trip back from New Hampshire. On our arrival in Boston, we at once went on board the steamer Guide, and a slow old Guide she was. But slow as she was, she was in a hurry to get away. The instant the baggage was on board she started, so suddenly that a number of the boys never got aboard, but were left behind. This was Tuesday afternoon, and Friday morning we were at Fortress Monroe. We got ashore about noon and loafed around until five o'clock when we took the Baltimore boat. At eleven we met the tugboat from the point, got aboard, and bobbed about out on the bay until the boat from Baltimore came along. From her we got some of the boys who missed connections at Boston. Among the number was Jess, Dewey, and Johnny Ogden, who had come on to Baltimore by rail. My home grub gloriously met all drafts, and I ate the last of it this morning for breakfast. Parties of our men now go across to Virginia every day for wood. So far as fuel is concerned, we are living off the enemy's country. Not more than half our furloughed men have got back yet, and they will probably be straggling along for some time. Afternoon. My furlough to go to Washington has just gone to headquarters for endorsement, and I shall be off within two or three days. Frank Wasley sent me word that he and Irene would like to see me, so I went up and called. They were living as cozy as could be, and I had a jolly visit. They have two tents, boarded up and the walls neatly papered, making two very attractive rooms. End of Section 49 Recording by John Brandon